Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Welcome to SEM Synergy. Today we have a wonderful program for everybody. We're going to really try to jump right into it. Uh, you should be able to, as always, go to SEMSynergy.com. You can pick it up on Webmaster Radio Wednesdays at noon. Um, be sure to tell everybody. But if you've missed it or if you hear this session, it's always available on SEM Synergy and through Webmaster Radio. Today we're interviewing Matt Cutts. Uh, what we're going to do is have an extended uh, session with Matt. Lots of questions, really good points. Uh, Virginia sort of uh, ran them through the ringer, so we're going to jump right to it. Virginia, take it away. This is Virginia, and you're listening to SEM Synergy. I'm here with Matt Cutts, head of Google's web spam team and a very visible spokesperson for Google within the SEO industry. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Matt. Absolutely. It's good to be here. Um, so, okay, starting off with tools. They are a big help to any search marketer, obviously, and help you gather data and learn more about your customers and how they interact with your content and your website, um, among other things. What is your favorite tool that is not authored by Google? Not authored by Google. Well, you know, Yahoo's Site Explorer is pretty cool. Uh, I like that they give you lots of backlinks, and uh, it works pretty well, and, you know, you don't have to pay for it, so that's always kind of nice. Um, yeah, I tend to use mostly Google tools, but, uh, but I like the fact that both Yahoo and Microsoft are offering more webmaster tool functionality. So Microsoft, for example, just started to flag malware in their search results, and I believe Yahoo partnered with McAfee to flag malware. And so it's fantastic to see all the major search engines sort of taking these steps so that webmasters have, you know, a little more access to, to helpful information. No, absolutely. And Google's got a bunch of their own tools, obviously, as well. Um, so we've heard that there are about 70 new algorithm factors. Uh, any chance you would want to give us any hints about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I think uh, Udi Manber did a post uh, wrapping up 2007 where he said we did 450 distinct different search changes, not just data pushes or things like that, but actual changes to our algorithms in 2007. And, uh, you know, we, we, that seems to be a pretty good um, pace for us because we've continued to make changes pretty much on a daily basis. So I think it's, it's pretty fun to see how some people assume, oh, yeah, we're going to make changes to the search every six months or every nine months, and it's really a lot faster than that. Um, yeah, some of the 450, that I, that's more than one a day. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we have a meeting uh, every week where a bunch of people sit together and sort of evaluate potential changes, and, and a lot get approved, and some, you know, get back. Uh, gets sent back to do more tweaking and tuning and stuff like that. Um, so we have to do a lot of rigorous evaluation for each one of those changes. You can't just say, you know, put your thumb in the air and say, oh, yeah, that looks pretty good to me. Um, so we try to test it in multiple languages and, and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but the benefit is even though you don't really notice a lot of big changes, like SearchWiki was sort of, 
you know, something that was very visible, but there's a ton of stuff under the hood that people don't really notice that much. Um, regarding the, the algorithm, is there anything that Google is finding of increasing interest for users that, that may be something that they're paying attention to? Or? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting to watch the trend toward freshness. And, uh, you know, if you look back to 2003, our index would be 30 to 45 days old, which, you know, is, <laughs> that's pretty old. And, and so we've gradually become more and more fresh. So we had an incremental update that would update the index every day, uh, which started in 2003. And we've really just continued to push that to the point where, you know, even last year you could do a blog post and see that go live in Google within minutes. And so I think the trend is, you know, towards making information available in seconds if you can. Now, the flip side of that is that the spammers also want to make very fresh spam, and so that's a challenge. But I'm more than happy if the vast majority of the time people can get fresher information, and maybe that creates a little more work for web spam, but it's still worth it because the users really benefit. So. Um, we're kind of rolling to the end of the year here. So what do you see as future? What, what's going to be going on next year? Um, mm -hmm. Is there like any kind of Web 2.0 technologies that users want but maybe currently aren't really able to search for that, that Google might be um, paying more attention to in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, 2009 will probably be a very big year for mobile. You know, you've got the iPhone, you've got Android, Nokia just introduced the N97, which looks like a very nice phone. So if you think about it, the vast majority of people, at least in the U.S. these days, um, you know, if you're under 30, you probably have a cell phone in your pocket or in your purse somewhere, uh, and you don't always have a computer with you. So I think one of the big trends will be how do we try to make Google search available, and all the search engines will try to do this, to make their search really useful even on a small screen where you maybe can't get to the keyboard or, or type things out very easily. So we've been paying attention to um, speech-to-text um, and then also some really hard problems like machine translation. Those are really interesting. Another really hard problem is sort of face recognition. And the newest version of Picasa, version 3.0, if you are willing to tag a few people's faces with names and say, okay, this is uh, you know, Bob or this is Susie or whatever, um, it can try to learn and recognize those faces in other images. So I think there's some really hard problems that have to be tackled, things like you know, machine translation and, and speech-to-text and text-to-speech. Um, mobile will be a big trend. And I really think that cloud computing will continue because... And if you're using Google Apps, you know, you've got your Gmail stored in the cloud somewhere, it's really nice if you can just say, you know what, if my computer breaks down, if my hard drive goes wonky, I don't need to worry about it that much. Um, and then within SEO, I think there's probably going to be a broader role for SEO, you know, and if the economy is uncertain, then people want to make themselves as valuable as possible. So I see a lot of SEOs who are saying, I'm not just a search engine optimizer. I, I help with marketing in lots of different ways. You know, I can help with PPC, or I can help you choose the keywords that you should be searching. And so it's not just bring me in at the last minute and I'll fix things, but include me in the whole pipeline and I'll try to add value throughout the whole process. And I think that's very healthy for search and, and for SEO. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, is it true that Google is indexing voice content from Flash files? Is I don't know whether we indexed like it from mechanical flash translation files? that you're talking about. 
Uh, but we do, uh, we, we've, it's kind of interesting. We had a demonstration where on YouTube, we took all the presidential election sort of stuff and mm-hmm. basically ran voice recognition on that so that we had transcripts. And there's a few different applications. We've also got Goog 411, which is a totally free 1-800 number where you can you know, just say, oh, I want a barbecue restaurant, and it will recognize that category and give you, you know, a listing for the nearest barbecue restaurant. So we've got Goog 401. We've done some voice recognition on a, on a subset of YouTube, the political sort of stuff. And then we just rolled out this Google mobile app, which does a pretty good job of voice recognition as well. And so I think, you know, I would love it personally if I could be walking along and just hold up my phone and say, oh, I'm interested in this, and it'll look it up for me. And, I, you know, if you can use it in a hands-free way, if you're a passenger in a car or something like that, um, I think that could be really useful to a lot of people because sometimes you, you think about something and you want to know the answer, but you're right near it. You're not near a keyboard. It really makes mobile a little more useful right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you see um, audio or video... Uh, increasing in value for universal search with the fact that, I mean, this technology is available. It was, I mean, you you tested it out with the um, uh, political campaigns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tricky because the last estimate that I had heard published was something like 13 hours of video uploaded every minute or something like (laughs) that. And voice recognition is pretty computationally intensive. So the question is, you know, do you have the sort of processing where you could try to run voice recognition on a lot of those different videos? My guess is that would be a a lot of horsepower and a lot of computing. But the trend is definitely in that direction. Um, You know, I've I've seen products where you can more or less just leave an open microphone and record yourself all day long so you can leave yourself notes. And there's services like Jot where you can call up and leave yourself a note on the phone and they'll do either voice recognition or um, someone will actually transcribe it for you. And so I think if you look forward in the search results, the ability to do a search and get back, you know, something that was audio or something that was video and be able to search over the content in there, that's definitely really useful because imagine if you could say, okay, what has, uh, what has this random TV show said about this politician, you know, over the last five years? Have they ever called him a jerk, you know, and then just take me to the two-second clip where they called him a jerk? Um, I think that could be a lot of fun, could be really useful for researchers. And so it's definitely something that's really interesting, and, and I don't know when you'll get to that level, but I think we'll, we'll be moving in that direction. Very cool. Um, Okay, moving on to spam. What Mm -hmm. is the biggest spam issue for Google today? Uh, You know... For me, for 2009, I'm, I'm looking international. Uh, there's a lot of, of uh, progress that's been made in English, but there's still a lot of progress we need to make in other languages. So, you know, a, a place like Russia, for example, um, there's a ton of great content, but there's also a larger amount of spam uh, as a percentage right now, and so I think we'll concentrate more effort on that. We're also starting to think more about hack sites and how to help with that because you know, it's <laughs> people think they can just put a website up and never patch their servers and they'll be totally fine. And you wouldn't hook your Windows computer or, or any other computer to the Internet without patching it pretty regularly or else you'd get, you'd get hacked pretty quickly. So I think, you know, no one else has really stepped up to that. And so we've done a few things like if you've got a hackable version of WordPress, we'll drop you a note. And so helping people hopefully before they get hacked, but also 
potentially after they get hacked uh, is going to be a big trend because we see the hackers getting more and more malicious for sure. Um, you'll see if you open up the latest 2600 magazine, which is sort of this, um, people like to talk about hacking in it. They actually have an article about Black Hat SEO in this month's uh, magazine. And so you see the sort of the hackers moving more towards SEO, which is a pretty interesting trend. Ah. What about link buying? Have there been any changes recently in the fight against link buying? I know that like companies like Inlinks must be on your radar at this point. Well, it's that's not the first service that did that. Um, there have been services that have said, "Yeah, we'll we'll sell links inside of content without any sort of disclosure or without marking it in any way." Um, there have been companies that have have advertised that as their service for for over a year, I believe. Um, so our policies haven't changed. We really, you know. <laughs> Don't think it's good for the web, and if you're competing with uh, someone who's buying links, then it doesn't feel like a level playing field because you want to compete on merit, not just on whoever's got the biggest checkbook. So our policies haven't changed. We've continued to improve our technology. We've continued to work on it, and uh, I think it's a good sign that you've seen uh, you know, a, a couple sites that have historically endorsed buying links come out recently and say, okay, we're not going to buy links anymore. We're going as white hat as we can go. So I think that's a sign of good progress. Um, we'll continue to work not only on taking spam reports, processing those, doing all the sort of things we do manually, um, but also improving our algorithms. And so we've been having some engineers look at some ways that we can even better work to cancel out uh, paid links and other links that we detect that, that we really shouldn't be counting in our search results. So if you detect a paid link, is it discounted? Is it is there a penalty or is there just no value it's, assigned? Yeah, it's, it's typically just discounted, so there's no value assigned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we get the equivalent of a smoking gun dropped in our lap and, and we, we're willing to take whatever action we need to do to protect the quality of our index uh, within uh, the guidelines that we've set out publicly. Um, so typically, if you're a link seller, for example, we might lower the, the page rank indicator to let you know, yes, <laughs> we know that you're selling links. And, uh, and there are processes, and we've documented those, where if you stop selling links, uh, you can do a reconsideration request and just give us more information, and then we'll investigate that. And uh, if the site has truly stopped selling links, then we'll often return that page rank indicator uh, back to where it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, essentially, we always support the right of a webmaster to put the links that they want on their website. But in turn, we believe Google has the right to trust and rank sites the way that we think uh, will return the best results and the most relevant results for users. Very good. So at PubCon, mm-hmm. there's been, uh, you did an interview with Web Pro News, and you were addressing, in part, personalization and how it could yeah. change the way SEOs do their job. Um, how do you see personalized search affecting the SEO community? Yeah, you know, I, it was funny because at that conference, someone had talked about ranking reports and how they hated them, but the client needed them because they had to have some stack of paper to feel good about. Uh, and there's so many ways other than ranking reports. You know, you can you can look at your server logs and all that sort of stuff. So I think, you know, in the days where personalized search gets more and more robust and more and more people like it and enjoy it and, and we trust it enough to use it more and more and use it to change our search results more and more, 
it changes from a single monolithic, you know, who's number one for whatever the trophy phrase is, to, you know, a place in, in Canada might have a different ranking than a place in India, might have a different, you know, um, ranking than someone in California or San Francisco versus New York. And that's okay, because if you type in plumber and you live in New York, you're probably more likely to want a New York plumber than someone who's in Kansas. And so I think personalization is really good for users. Uh, I think it might require a little bit of a mental shift because, you know, some SEOs have this king of the hill mentality where they just want to show up number one for one phrase or a certain set of phrases. And it's really more important to show up for the phrases where it's going to be useful for your users so that they convert into paying customers or whatever your goal is. So I think there's a little bit of a mental shift that some SEOs need to to make, but it, the nice thing is a lot of people have had the time to recognize it is good for users. And so even though you can't count on the search results being completely consistent, if you take them, you can't bookmark them or send them to someone else and expect that they'll see the exact same search results, it's still uh, overall a big win for users and a big win for relevance. And it also means if you can't be the king of the hill, if you don't have the ability to compete globally on a single phrase, you still have the potential to show up for a lot of different users. And so that sort of spreads the uh, the rankings around to different companies and different website results. And I think that's a very healthy thing as well. How do you see personalization going forward next year? Um, search with you is obviously a big development in letting users directly personalize their search mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll continue. You know, we've both personalization and universal search, um, we rolled out around the same time last year. And at first, people were a little afraid or scared. How is this going to change things? And we're not going to change our rankings so radically that people don't even, you know, recognize the rankings from one day to the next day. But we do see it as being a very good win. And so for me personally, and I can't speak for Google as a whole. This is just my opinion. Uh, I would expect that we would continue to sort of gradually uh, increase the amount of personalization that we do just because we find that it is really helpful for our users. Uh, Engagement has been a big buzzword. Um, Mm -hmm. Is Google viewing things like video and, and other kinds of content that gets a user engaged as, as a, as helpful to the user experience? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. We essentially try to put ourselves in our users' shoes and say, did these set of search results answer the user's information need? And it's really tricky because sometimes it's a two-word query and or even a one-word query. If they type in Saturn, were they looking for the car or the planet? You're never quite sure. And so in those sort of situations, you try to return diverse search results or you try to personalize the search results. Um, but when you know what the user is looking for, it really helps. And, and we do these exercises where we say, okay, let's take a day or two days or even three days and look at some example searches and say, okay, what would the perfect set of search results look like? You know, are we doing a good service for our users? And so whether you call it engagement, whether you call it relevance, um, essentially we're trying to say, is this what the user needed? Is this what they were looking for? And if it's not, then is there something better that we could show instead? And hopefully, you know, if they're looking for videos or images, you want to return really useful things. If they're returning, for, if they're looking for a business, then a local business listing with a map can be really, really handy. Um, and ideally, we'd like to get the user to their information as quickly as possible. Um, so, you know, if the user's engaged, that's great. But if the user's happy, but they didn't really get the information they needed, you know, for five or ten minutes, then we might take a look and say, okay, how can we change those search results to get the information to them even faster? 
and users tend to like that. I do, too. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on the show, Matt. Um, yeah, it absolutely. It's a, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I think our listeners will definitely appreciate some of the things that you had to say there. Cool. So have a great holiday. Yeah, hope you don't get too stressed for the holidays, and uh, <laughs> hope all your rankings go the way you want them. Uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alrighty. FM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program. And it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? They give me all the tools it takes, like dedicated publisher support, analytics capability, custom tracking and creative services, and so much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit taxbrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. Taxbrain.com, America's online tax service. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com? Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, Amazon, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with ReferBack.com. They've shown me how to... ReferBack.com showed me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. ReferBack gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit ReferBack.com. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia. Before the break, I spoke with Matt Cutts about a number of SEO topics. Uh, And after listening to that, Bruce and Susan are here with me to give you their thoughts on what Matt had to say. Well, you know, I think we're hearing from Matt a lot of the same things we've been hearing from him kind of all along. This really echoed a lot of what he was talking about at PubCon uh, in a lot of ways, particularly, you know, cloud computing, mobile, you know, it's very, very big on mobile, I noticed. Right. I think that what we're going to see this year is a bunch of changes at Google. We know that Universal is a big play. We know there's new algorithm. That means there's new opportunities to spam. Uh, Matt is uh, becoming somewhat militant on his, uh, maybe I'm overstating that, but he really thinks that spam is becoming malicious. Yeah, I don't think you're overstating it at all. I think that he's pretty clear about the fact that, you know, there's SEOs who are doing white hat stuff 
And then there are people who are like actually harming, you know, people. They're they're doing things that are illegal. It's not just against the Google guidelines. It's actively hijacking sites. And you know that example he gave at the end of PubCon, you know, he kind of again, you know, brings up this idea that spam is becoming harmful instead of just annoying. I think that what we're going to do is a whole session on this. And and by the way, everybody listening, you're going to want to be in on that session. Uh, We're going to do a a full session, the main part of a show, talking about how spam has evolved, uh, that there's a change now in the number of accidental spammers and intentional spammers, and that there's two ways to increase your ranking, and one of them is to harm everybody that's already ranked. Uh, I think we're going to see all sorts of things coming. So we'll do a show on that. Uh, One of the questions that I was interested in is uh, having to do with the video kinds of activities. Matt was sort of unaware of any specific algorithm issues or ranking issues associated with it, or even the... uh, uh, a lot of detail about translation of the, uh, I guess, the soundtracks from videos or MP3s and how that's going to play. But he was very excited about mobile. I think that mobile will be uh, something that we're going to see a lot of next year. Well, already we've seen some developments from Google as far as, you know, obviously Android. They're stepping up to the plate in that area. And then um, they're searched uh, text to sorry, speech-to-text technology for um, the iPhone. So, I mean, just from that indicator, we should be looking more at mobile. Yeah, I noticed when I was using my um, my BlackBerry, actually, to pull up directions the other day, you know, it, whenever they do an update, like, they pop up the new feature at the bottom, and, you know, at first it was, oh, here's your location, and now the thing I'm seeing when it pops up is, you know, press this button over here and there's a little graphic on the screen that points to the right button and you know start talking so that you can get your directions and i mean that's it's a blackberry pearl it's not it's not the bold it's not the storm it's not an iphone it's just you know one of their little consumer line phones and but google definitely is putting that into there so they're definitely working on the voice stuff they're definitely working on mobile they clearly see it as a very important place to be and i really think that that's you know, a, an exceptionally good point. And what about AdWords? They are starting to serve ads on um, iPhone and uh, the Google phone. Yeah, well, of course, they've got to monetize everything they can. One of the things that I think he also spent a little time on is confirming the zero value in link buying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was that, very clear. That was very clear here. Google determines that you're buying a link Without showing it in any way or changing page rank or anything else, Google is definitely showing uh, or at least stating that they diminish any page rank transfer from a purchase link. And where the site that is selling all these links is doing it in a pretty much an obnoxious level, (laughs) uh, way too much, then they're diminishing the page rank of that site in order to send a clear message to the site owner that they're over. They're out of bounds, basically. They're over the limit. Um, and that is something that we've been saying for quite a while. We've heard s- comments, I guess, from Matt uh, in different conferences, but he reiterated it, that definitely buying links, if they catch it, they'll just diminish the transfer, and there's no way you can tell. 
Yeah, definitely. It's. I think that he was very, very clear about that, and I think that it's going to continue to be you know a dicey issue in the upcoming year. We're running we're, out of time. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, we're hoping to get Matt back a couple more times as we start drilling down in some of these things. This was the overview. Everybody should listen. Uh, but we are out of time for this week's show. I want to say thank you to Matt. Uh, it's always great to have him on the show. Join us again on December 31st, everybody. Put it on your calendars. I'm sure you have nothing else going on on New Year's Eve. Uh, but it'll be our year-end wrap-up. Uh, if you miss it, come back to SEM Synergy and pick it up. In the meantime, you'll have questions. Uh, you'll have comments. You'll like to hear about the show, other things. Uh, shoot us an email at SEMSynergy at BruceClay.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us on SEM Synergy. <laughs>